People of the world, welcome to Marketing as a Foreign Language. This the 296th episode. I'm stoked to have Joe on the show, who you're going to meet in just a minute. Backstage, we were talking about how you wouldn't go to a surgeon and say, you know what, I want the affordable surgeon. Can I get the affordable one? Um, even though a friend of mine who was a surgeon in Afghanistan in the military uh, will tell you that many times it's very sort of rote you know, uh, in and out. You don't really think about it because you do it all the time, but you're paying for the expertise, of course. And Joe's got that in spades, 17 years. Can you imagine of uh, SEO and pay-per-click? Again, backstage, we were chatting about how a lot of folks will get that website and think to themselves, okay, I did it. I built the website. Look how pretty it is. And then uh, they haven't installed Google Analytics. They don't really know what's going on. And then they will start chatting with someone. And of course, they're looking for the cheapest possible deal. If you want the cheapest possible deal, might I uh, suggest you go to Fiverr. <laughs> go to Fiverr, hire yourself someone um, in uh, you know some country somewhere. And then uh, when it doesn't work, then you know perhaps you'll circle back. Um, if that is a lesson that you need to learn, then by all means, go down that particular. Or here's another great lesson. You go down and it, you're seduced by some $20 offer somewhere and uh, you realize it can really hurt you. Uh, there used to be something called the Google disavow tool, which maybe Joe and I can pontificate on, but it basically lets you get rid of the bad links um, or be disavowed from them at a certain point. And, and Google, I think, realized that if I can just have a, a black hat death machine of generating tens of thousands of links and I can just point it at a website and negatively affect their rankings. Well, then you've just weaponized rankings. You've weaponized link building, but in the negative way. So we played around with the disavow tool, but it didn't really have much of an effect. I'm excited to have our guest on the show today to have a fellow SEO expert uh, to um, meld minds with. So let the osmosis begin, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show, Joe Balestrito. Hey everybody! Thanks, thanks for having me. Yes, let the mind meld begin. Do you remember the Google Disavow tool? Uh, I I still use it. I used it uh, for a client recently in the last thirty days because um, what happens is a lot of like like you were saying earlier, people like cheap things, and so this client was buying cheap backlinks, and the backlinks were from comment spam. Uh, from shady PBNs on sites that weren't really relevant to what they did. And they were all anchored text rich. So they were exactly the keywords he was going after, pointing exactly to the page he was going. And when you use SEMrush, SEMrush will tell you what the toxicity score is of your backlinks. And there was a lot of them. So my process is I just go through like the most high level ones that are like over 90, clear those out, export them, upload them give Google some time to figure out what they're going to do with it. I usually give it a couple of months, see if there was any backlash to it. Because if I do all of them at once and there's a negative backlash, then there's no, there's no chance to recover because now I've just disavowed 10,000 files, you know, backlinks that are no good. So I start with a little, you know, a small amount and then see what Google does and then proceed forward if I need to do more. And even doing you know, maybe a couple of hundred links started improving rankings automatically because there was just thousands of links that were just over-optimizing. And Google's smart now. Google knows if you're going after affordable SEO and you got a thousand backlinks going to, to your website from affordable SEO, from comments, from Reddit, 
PBNs, blog posts, Google catches on and Google's like, this is not natural. And so it's, it's, it's a tool that I use. I don't use it often, but you know, people are always asking for a link building. Like, do you do link building? And, you know, my stance on that is over the years, like link building was a big thing. We really spent a lot of time backlinking and what I've learned in the last, I'd say three to four years is that blogging is like a really powerful tool to get backlinks because let's say you're, you're selling a product or a service. People who know that they want the product or service, they're going to Google it directly. I need this. I need, you know, a lawyer, I need a handyman. But if, if they're not sure, then they're doing searches around, you know, how do I do this? Or when should I do that? Or how do I hire this type of person? And blog content comes in really handy because not only do, is it easier to rank for those longer tail terms and you come up for those questions, but then other people who are blogging and writing articles are also performing those searches. And then they're linking to your content because it's assisting their content. And to me, I find that it's easier if you write content well, that people will just link to it naturally. And you don't really have to worry about doing all the shady backlinking, doing press releases and all this other stuff uh, unnecessarily because it's become more and more difficult to kind of, you know, continue to grow backlinks. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I actually, a part of me cringes when I even hear the words backlink or link building anymore. I go, um, <laughs> you know, cause just the years and years and years of, cause I was quote unquote, an SEO expert probably like four years ago. Okay. Um, I wrote a book, I did speeches, I did all that sort of thing. And then I turned into like business owner mode. And to be honest with you, it's like, I don't like, I stay up with articles and that sort of thing, but I don't do the work anymore. Um, and so we're doing stuff like rich snippets. So we're writing 800 to a thousand word blog posts and we're trying to get that quote zero point ranking. Yep. So this, this is a big thing that everyone's talking about. Okay, great. Um, I was fully in the thralls of like zombie page creation for many years. So we would create eight blogs a month, share them all on social. They were three to 400 words. And now there's many articles saying that's stupid. Don't do that. Um, and so I try to stay quality focused as best I can. Um, sometimes pitching clients can be tricky because they want to see eight blogs a month. They go, I'm getting so much more value. Right. So if say it's like a $900 a month program for me to say, oh, you get six blogs a month. They're like, oh, that that makes sense. And they're shared on social and this and that and Google posts and Google my business and blah, blah, blah. And yes, and blah, this, that, and the other thing. Um, but if I say you get two, they go, that's a $450 blog. Right. And they have this like visceral reaction to it. And it's like, I need you to understand a few things. Custom imagery infographics, embedding YouTube videos into the blog. We're going for the rich snippets, schema markup. Like it's, it's different. You know, it, the game has changed. I can't pump out three to 400 word decent blog content and expect it to move the needle anymore. Well, you also have to take the time to write the content, research the content. I mean, all of that takes time, right? And you're paying for the expertise of someone who knows how to write the content because obviously you can't write it yourself, otherwise you would. So it just becomes, you know, to delivering that quality, you know, and to me, like blog posts, like I don't personally write blog posts. I've worked with content teams and I'll do the research. There's a lot of tools out there that'll tell you what people are, are Googling, what questions they're asking, and then write the content around that. And so that you're, you're kind of, you know, going after those who are researching and those who are wanting to buy and then leveraging the links that go to the blog post to your products or services that works really well. I mean, I use it myself, like 
should you hire an SEO company or a consultant and weigh the pros and cons because people are searching that. So it's just understanding your audience and what they want. Uh, a lot of times I'll do content audits and it'll just be, you know, um, guess what uh, Frank said in the bar yesterday. And like nobody's Googling that. What does that mean? What does that have to do with your product or service? It Who's has nothing. Frank? Exactly. So the, the, there's there's no there's no thought into like the, the idea of oh I'm going to write this piece of content and I want to tell the story, but they don't think about how that story is going to translate to somebody doing a, a Google search. So like when I work with news organizations, you know I keep it really simple: who, what, where, when. That's it. Because think about it, and maybe this is not prevalent anymore, uh, but, you know, if you're watching TV or you're in the car and you hear a news story and somebody goes, wow, I want to learn more about that. What do they take away from that conversation? Who was it about? What was it about? Whether it's a famous uh, uh, sports player, how much money he got in his contract or what team is he now playing for or which president did what thing with which country. Those things are what going to stand out in your mind, and that's what you're going to use when you perform a search. And if you're not thinking that way when you're writing the content and titling it, nobody's going to find it. And so a lot of times I'll just go into a, a client's account and say, okay, this is all great content. It's just the titles are just not optimized for anything. And once you optimize the titles, now traffic starts coming in, and now it starts making sense. But a lot of people don't understand, like, you just have to keep it simple. Save the witty, fun, pun titles for social media because that's where it works. But for Google, it's actual literal words that you need to actually use to get traffic. Or I good love traffic, that. Anyway. That is such a good piece of advice. Um, it's like the duality of SEO. Or it's like it's like the try. I'll call it the Triforce. Let's go Legend of Zelda with this one. It's the Triforce. You've got your pay-per-clicks. You got your SEOs and then you got your social medias and uh, they're, they're like uh, Brahma, Shiva and Vishnu. Let's go Hinduism on that one. Um, so they're, they're just very different. <laughs> Shiva's the destroyer. <laughs> All right. Um, so in, in the world of SEO, it's very like nerdy, you know, it's like, um, I don't know how to describe it any other way than like social media is the popular kid. You know, like be sarcastic, be funny, be witty, you know, be popular. And then SEO is almost like the teacher in a way, like the educator, like this is how you do it. Like follow me along as I show you, like here's exactly the information you need. And then pay-per-click is just the ruthless capitalist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you, you, you can go either way with it. You can go either way with it. But where, where, where with SEO, you have to be direct. Like even pay-per-click, uh, you know, uh, I sometimes bid on competitors' brand names, and I'll, I'll my ad will be like, you know, uh, why work with these guys? Work with an expert, or uh, I work seven days a week, or I work extended hours. These guys don't, and, and so like, tr you know, you can have more play on words, and you can be more creative, almost like social media, but not quite like social media, where SEO is just boring and it's just direct and right to the point. Uh, paid search, if you know how to be creative with it, you can kind of get a lot out of it and, and you'd be surprised at the results that you can get from it. No, I love that too. That's great. It's sort of, hey, look at this idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. See that that, that uh, result above or below me right now? Yeah, that dude's a tool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can totally do that. 
Oh man, you know that to me that's 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 Shiva. That's Shiva the destroyer of like, you know what? Let me tell you the truth about the situation. Uh but yeah, backstage we were talking about, you know, hey look, at the end of the day, uh if you you need to work with a pay-per-click provider who is just laser focused on conversions. You know, what the heck is a conversion? Is a conversion an email? Okay, great. Is it a phone call? Okay. Who called you? How long did they call you for? Do you have a recording of that phone call? What kind of return on investment are you getting? Now, mind you, for a lot of pay-per-click people, it's sort of like, ugh. It's like, okay, yes, call rail, and here's this, and there's this. It's complicated. But every business owner, they're all like this. I'm sure you've had this conversation. If I give you a dollar, if you can get me $2 back, I'll spend a million dollars with you. <laughs> you ever heard that one? A million times. <laughs> so talk to me about that guy. Or gal. So, so, so it, the first conversation is they first either they don't know what they, they should be tracking or they want to track too much. Or to, to me, it's it's like I read an article a long time ago. I don't I don't know how long a long time ago. It's like three four years ago. An article from BruceClay.com, which was genius because a lot of times when you work with uh, clients and they want to do pay per click, they have call this phone number, fill out this form, follow me on social media, join my newsletter, sign up for this discount. And when you do that, you overwhelm people and they take something that might not be as important as a lead form or a phone call because there's too many calls to action. So I try to get a client to focus on one thing, like what's the most important thing you want people to do? And then after they take that action, when they go to the thank you page, then you can ask them to sign up for your newsletter, follow you on social media, do that because it makes more sense because now you've gotten the first thing taken care of because you don't want to spend $15 for somebody to click over to your website and go, hmm, do I want to fill out this form and get a quote or do I want to follow them? You know what? I'm going to follow them on social media. And then now you've spent 15 bucks for them to follow on your social media and forget that they even followed you there. So to me, it's like that that's the first, that's the first thing to get out of the way is making sure like we, we understand what the calls to action are and then, you know, be realistic about what we're going after, who we're targeting, why we're targeting it and what a real uh, cost per value is for a client. Right. So, uh, sometimes they'll set unrealistic expectations. They'll say, uh, I only want to pay, you know, $3 for a cost per lead. Uh, but your, your cost per click is four bucks. So how do we get a cost per lead at $3, you know, or your cost per click, you want, you're, you're willing to do a CPA of, you know, 10 bucks, but the average cost per click is $3. And typically based on what I see in your account, you typically convert at like seven or eight clicks. So obviously that's not correct. Or, I try to get them to focus on the bigger picture where they say, well, I don't want to spend more than 30 bucks to get a client, but your lifetime value of a client is $5,000. So you should be willing to spend a little bit more to get that lead because it might take a little bit more time to get that. Assuming quality. they never refer you to anyone else. You know exactly. what I mean? It's like, look, if capitalism were easy, there'd be lots and lots and lots of mansions and rich people. But that's not true because you have to spread the money around. The point is that we're all trying to do it. And there's some smart people out there. Okay. So, you know, it it it's almost like, look, lower your, your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, you know, and you, and you could be you could be realistic. I mean, to be honest, to be honest with you, is like I look at accounts every day. And when I get a new account. It's so easy for somebody like me to come in and cut down your, your cost per lead and increase your leads because nine out of 10 accounts that I look at, 
Nobody's adding negative keywords. Everything's on broad match. Uh, they're only running one ad. Um, they're not, they're not doing fine bit adjustments like on demographics or devices. So I come in, I make all of these changes and now all of a sudden you, you've gone from spending a hundred dollars a lead to $45 a lead. You've got double the conversions. And like you said, I'll pay you, you know, from here to eternity. But then after a while, when they start getting those results, then they want to get even lower. And that obviously part of my job is to get as many leads as I possibly can at the cheapest cost. This, but this is my point is that human nature does what human nature does, which is we live in this, this world where if only, and everyone's got one, right? Mm -hmm. If only my body didn't have this thing that's happening to it right now. If only my job didn't have this current dilemma, if only, you know, and it, it's such a strong motivator. And we're so attached to it that we're constantly battling it. And, and business owners are going to, you will acclimate to your environment. You know, like if it's a hundred bucks, now it's 40. It's like, woohoo, everything's great. But it's that if only is coming. Right. And, mm -hmm. and cause you're in this, in this new normal. And so that's what I mean by lower your, it's, it's half a joke. Right. But the other half is, is, is look, um, the, it's a, it is a dynamic game that you are involved in and you need to understand that. Um, th th it's not like you're playing against some stupid artificial intelligence that like some game where you can game it and it's so stupid that you can just do the same pattern over and over again. It's always going to work. No, it's, it's, it's Olympic level um, insert sport here. I don't care what it is. You make a change, the market will react. And so you might find something that is incredibly relevant and incredible. Like you, you just strike and that's why you want someone like Joe on your team is because they have a much higher percentage of doing that for you, right? Of, of actually getting the football through and getting the touchdown from the 10 yard line on the other side of the, the field, you know, like, because they can see those opportunities where you're not going to be able to see that they've got the years of experience to do that. Um, but you can't just run that play again. <laughs> this is my point. It's like, it's dynamic. It changes. Now, as Joe was mentioning, and we love this too. Like if, if a client comes to me and they're ranked in position 12 and they don't blog and their social media is sort of lackluster and their pay-per-click has all the things you mentioned, broad match, no negative keywords, all this sort of thing. I am celebrating because I'm going, you're so close. And I can see that and, and experience teaches me that. So how long do you think um, you're going to do this? Like, are you going to retire? Are you going to call it a day at some point? What, what are your dreams and aspirations for the future? Um, I've been doing this for so long that uh, I don't see myself doing anything else. Maybe more long-term consulting and not so much being in the weeds, so to speak. Uh, but I'm kind of a nerd that way. I'm into the data. I like seeing good results. I like being able to tout like all the great work that I've done for clients, how many leads I've been able to, you know, increase or, uh, you know, being able to decrease the cost to me, like the satisfaction in that is something that I've never had, you know, uh, in previous careers. Like, you know, I, I haven't, you know, spent my whole career doing digital marketing only the last 17 years. Prior to that, everything else was just a job. And I think when you find something that you're passionate about and that you enjoy, you're just always eager to grab the next thing and, and see where you can take it. Yeah, you, you are very interesting to me because I liked SEO uh, enough to write like, well, I just, the book isn't really about SEO. The book's about advertising. I, I am way more interested in being a leader than I am a like marketing guru, to be honest with you. 
um, I, I love people. And so what I found was, um, and, and this was a couple of companies where I would rather be the person who like, it's leads in the sense of like, I'm going to pay you a lot for what you're worth, you know, like, so my path and your path are different. And I really right. like, I really like your path. I think it's, it's fun to look at it from my perspective because I am always like, no, I'm going to hire that person. I'm going to hire the person that the do, do the, do the thing. Cause when I'm doing it, I love it, but I'm sort of like, what's next. You know, the show, for example, like wouldn't exist if Michelle and Todd Farino weren't doing what they were doing. The other staff members weren't doing what they're doing. So there's like a purity to your style, which is 17 years. There's a ton of value in that. You're still interested in doing it. Um, so it's neat. I mean, the word purist, I think is maybe, I mean it in the best possible way. I feel like you're a, like a, purist like a marketing purist as a compliment i i, I appreciate that it, to, to me it's it's about you know just you know how how far can i take something and when i started my career like i started out teaching people like like as we talked uh, in the pre-show you know when i started learning how to build websites it was always people were saying Oh, I just spent $5,000 on a Flash website. Now I'm probably dating myself, but Flash was a thing. And then, you know, with Flash, they were really expensive. They were like live movie websites, but Google couldn't read the content on there. So then I'd have to go back to the client and say, look, you got to splice this up. You got to have HTML elements. Google has to be able to crawl the content. Now I'm breaking the heart of the person who just spent all of this money to now have to go back to the developer and tell the developer, hey, I need you to do this, which is going to cost them even more money. And it's just so to me, it was always trying to get ahead and try to educate and teach. And so whenever I bring on a new client or I talk to someone, I try to do my best to educate them, whether they work with me or not. I want them to understand like, like this is the right way to do it. And this is not the right way to do it. And you want to be aware, even if you're not doing it yourself, to know enough to know like who to hire and, and what kind of skills they need to have in order to, to hire that type of person. I love it. When it comes, I couldn't agree more. When it comes to, if I give any advice to like budding ad agency people or anyone who sells a high ticket item, um, that may be a stretch, but here's what's worked for me. Um, I started an education. I was a teacher. And when I sat down with someone, first of all, there's no guarantee that you can just write me a check and I'm going to work for you. Like, that is not what we're doing here. You know, like, tell me what's going on. Like, I, I don't know if we should do SEO for you because good example, property manager has a landing page on his corporate website. I'm not sorry, man. I can't blog on your website. Like, I'm not doing SEO. It's not it's like, you just go waste money. And and then that dude stands up in front of my networking group and says, Kellen's the real deal. You know, I spent $500 a month for a year on some SEO company. And he told me in about 10 minutes that it's not the move. You know what I mean? And so you, you get a lot of um, people who love you when, you when you're very honest with them. And then in my experience, exactly what you just mentioned, which is I, I'll just educate you until you're sick, until you're just sick and tired of it. And you're just like, take my money. <laughs> I'm like, well, what you want to do with the blog? There's like, just, I don't just, you just you, you do it. Well, and those are always the fun clients where they understand, like they, they they trust you. And it's always complicated to, to work with someone who kind of trusts you, but kind of not, and they're not really sure. And like we spoke in the pre-show, you know, clients are always saying, well, you know, how many hours are you working on my project? And it, and it's, you have to understand, you're not paying me for my hourly rate. 
you're paying me for the experience that I'm bringing. I can't tell you how many times I've worked on projects where they say, oh, you know, we hired this agency and they've worked on this for a year and, and we can't get anything to, you know, to do anything. And I'm like, oh, you know why? When I looked and, and this is this is a true story with a company I worked with called Reader's Digest. You may have heard of them. Right. So Reader's Digest way back in the day, they had a blog for Rachel Ray. Rachel Ray was even big back then. And they came to me and they said, you know, we hired this company, write all this content. And, you know, um, we, this content's not ranking. It's not bringing any traffic. We don't know what to do. So being the expert that I, I was, I, I, I knew back then by default wordpress blog section had a check mark for no index on blog right and so i was like okay i'll take a look at it in the back end and i looked because i knew right away that's where i was going to go look because i already looked at the page and saw that it was marked no index so i already knew what the problem was and i told them i could fix it no problem went on the back end unclicked it Next day later, they got like 5,000 page views on after that one click. So it, it, it's, it's just like you can't, you can't judge people by how many hours they're working because I, I could have said, oh, I'll charge you 25 bucks an hour and I'll, and I'll work on this for 20 hours a week until I figure out what's going on. Would you rather do that or would you rather me say, just pay me this much and I'll fix your problem right now? So, you know, that was, that was to me, it was like, that was the moment I knew, like, I really understood because that was early in my career. I, I, and then that's that kind of affirmed to me, like, hey, I actually kind of know what I'm doing, you know, mm. it was, you, you, and that's the moment. And SEO is a wild ride, too, because there is no perfect SEO person, you know, because it's sort of like, what should I do? What links should I go after? How should I go after them? Are the links I'm building today spam links of the future? What is the perfect blog look like? Like none of this is black and white, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, you, you, for example, you could have a grand slam blog. Like we did, we had like how to autoplay a Facebook video on YouTube. We're getting 400, 500 visits a day. It doesn't result in a single dollar. Right. So, right. so there's traffic that doesn't convert. There, there's just a million different ways of slicing it. And, um, when, when you were sharing that story, I was reminded I was in this gorgeous conference room, Las Vegas sun, the review journal these are like the biggest publications in in the vegas valley um tons of money um and there's like a panoramic view of the las vegas strip and there's like the editor and like all the higher-ups are like grilling me as like the seo guy right and i'm sitting there going like iggy and the most basic concept i could not get across to them they couldn't understand it they're like why aren't we getting like traffic on this and that and the other thing I'm like, you're not writing content that people are searching for. You're writing news stories. You have to start writing content where there's actual search volume. And they'd be like, but how many people are searching for today? John Williams shot someone in Henderson. I'm like, nobody. <laughs> or like two. And, and that'll last for like six days. Like you, it's called evergreen content. And you have to completely shift the paradigm of, of what you're doing or add a whole new section. You have to think differently about writing content for SEO. And then you will automatically rank for everything because you're the RJ. You're huge. You have millions right. of links pointing back. Like you have so much power. And, and like when you sell advertising, you should be selling links too. And like letting people know that like there's a ton of SEO benefit and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. Um, good for you. 1057. I want to make sure that folks know how to reach you, um, so that they can hire you, talk to you, et cetera. So why don't you tell the fine folks how to do precisely that? 
Oh, yeah, it's easy. Just uh, head over to my site, joeballestrino.com. That's J-O-E-B-A-L-E-S-T-R-I-N-O.com. Wow, that, you know, the 30-second elevator pitch <laughs> was finished in eight seconds. <laughs> it's 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 not that complex. I mean, you can, sure, you can follow me, look me up on LinkedIn, look at me, you know, on Twitter, but the best way is is my website. That's it's the easy. one. Um, as, as Joe mentioned earlier, just the, the, these little like nuggets of wisdom of you send someone, you spend the money on pay-per-click on Google ads, they, they land on a page, you're trying to get the phone call or the whatever, they sign up and now you're hitting them with the social media on the thank you page. It's things like that, that will take a thousand dollars spend and, and make you 2,500 and get like 35 newsletter signups as opposed to you blowing all of that money and getting like maybe one call that doesn't convert. Um, so when it comes to, to pay-per-click and SEO and this sort of stuff, you do not want to mess around. Um, I can't, I cannot talk to someone uh, who has not been burned. They've all been burned by the time they get to me they're they, they've all got horror stories. Um, so trust me, you, and, and then again, like you can buy crappy links and that can haunt you. Um, don't go to the cheap surgeon. This is the point I'm trying to make. Don't, don't get the, uh, Right. No, no good service is cheap and no cheap service is good. You got it. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that we're charging a thousand dollars an hour either. Right. Um, exactly. But so anyway, final words of wisdom for the fine folks, Joe, hit them. Uh, listen, if you're, if you're struggling and you need help or you're not sure what to do, just reach out and, you know, I, I, I'm more than happy to speak with you and, and kind of give you any advice. One thing I want to say is, uh, whenever you run PPC accounts, make sure at the very least you're tracking metrics and you know what metrics you're tracking. Cause if you're just spending money and you're not tracking anything, you might as well just throw it in the garbage because pretty much that's what you're going to do. Bingo. Ladies and gentlemen, marketing as a foreign language, 1030 AM Pacific standard time, Monday through Friday. If you are listening to us after the fact on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, or all the other places where we are, we love you. Thank you so much. And we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.